Hello, I'm Richard Fieldhouse and welcome to the NASGP's podcast, The Art of GP Locoming. And I'm joined by Judith Harvey, who's written an article for us called The Health of the Nation, Who's Keeping Score? Government policy shapes our chances of a healthy life. The pandemic has highlighted starkly that deprivation kills. 80% of our health is dependent on our luck in the tombola of social determinants of health. Education, housing, transport, employment opportunities are exposure to all sorts of pollution. Slapping a pre-election elastoplast on our national illness service won't improve these. If the government fails in its duty to the society it governs, it's the health of every one of us which may suffer. But how can we ensure that governments accept responsibility for their actions or inactions? What if we had a single measurement for the nation's health? So writes Judith Harvey uh, in, in this article. And Judith, thank you so much for coming along to the podcast. Uh, nice to have you on again. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So, yes, the, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it's an article that that you that I, that I that I read and I, and and think more and more of the more I reflect back on it, uh, in terms of I think for me what I found so interesting um, was that we kind of we're doing things wrong at the moment. We should have been doing things in a different way. How, how does how does that sound to you? Well, I think that's absolutely right. I it. <laughs> is obvious if you look back in history that poverty, deprivation, uh, shortens lives and kills. There was a piece in the paper today about the excavations in an Egyptian village of workers adjacent to a fairly wealthy town. And they can tell that the people who worked in the village were smaller, were poorly nourished and died much younger than the people, uh, the classes who lived in the town. So that's two, three thousand years ago. And that's continued. And an interesting observation is the West End of London is smart. Everybody knows that, even if they've not been there. That's where you live, Judith. That's right, it is. I'm lucky. The East End, where my father came from, is poor. Uh, And the same is true in Glasgow and I would say in Liverpool too. Uh, And why is that? It's because the winds in this country blow from the West normally and therefore all the smoke and the poisons from factories and things like that have always blown into the east side of the city. So the people, the wealth people moved put up their nice buildings and their Georgian terraces in the west of the city, uh, leaving the poor to live in the squalor uh, among the businesses and factories that generated all these smoke, chemicals and all the rest of it. So it's not new. But as you say, the pandemic has made this absolutely clear. And we know that... (laughs) This is beyond the NHS, that we know that about a good estimate by Michael Marmot is about 80% of our health chances have nothing to do with the NHS. Um, They are all to do with social um, aspects, whether we have been lucky in where we live, uh, the air we breathe, the water that we drink and wash in, uh, the education we've had, the transport availability, all those things have added up 
um, amount to about 80% of our life chances in health, which is, and yet we do so little about it. We have a clean and and ultra low emission zone in London, but that has been fought against. And, you know, it, it, probably will make a difference, but we won't know for a long time. Um, And this government and the next government won't know whether that has been worth doing. But uh, the more you invest before people get ill, the cheaper it is. And and another example of this is, is the prison service. If those young people with terrible home backgrounds, disastrous education, no support, had actually been sent to Eton, it would be cheaper than having them in prison and it would keep them out of prison, many of them, if they had decent education, decent support, somebody valued them. It saves money. And the same is true of health. It's much cheaper to prevent ill health than it is to mop up afterwards. But and, and it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But actually, it's, oh God, it's yes. And what's so intriguing? What is so? What sort of keeps me up at the moment when I think about this is is is, is that 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 we've been just seem to have been doing it wrong for so long. And actually, when when re- reading through your article, you put it in a context that makes you think, oh God, we, we've been so stupid. And uh, what what could we be doing about this? Um, yes, even the Marmot report was talking about it. Yes, in the in the north west of England, life expectancy is what five in in a deprived area. It's five years less than it is in a in a deprived area in the in the in the in the south and the southwest. Yes. And and, uh, and living with disability, you live for that disability for seventeen years longer uh, if you come from a deprived area in the northeast. Yes, and and but if you come from a wealthy area in the northeast, your chances are exactly the same as they are if you come from a wealthy area of Sussex or Warwickshire, anywhere. It's if you are poor that you suffer more if you're in the northeast. It's it's better to be poor in the southeast than it is in the northeast, which is interesting. Uh, But it's bad to be poor in either place. And there are lots of, there have been, and there still are, quite a number of bodies, uh, quangos and, and, and other bodies, which are looking at this, these sort of factors. But they tend to be either ignored or disbanded by governments because they say, well, they're not achieving anything and they're expensive. We'll get rid of them in the bonfires of quangos. Um, and getting any government to seriously to look towards the future, the future for people as yet unborn, who are therefore not there to vote for them, uh, and then to get them to follow advice, which isn't going to win them any votes in the next election, is very, very difficult. Because of it, because it's a short, it's a very short term thing, and it's not. I guess, for want of a better word, it's, I, I, I guess it's just not sexy, is it? Whereas investing, you mentioned this point in your article, it, it's it, it wins votes to talk about investing in in big hospitals, in big 
in, in, in aircraft carriers and all these sorts of things. But to invest in education and social care, not really on anybody's particular agenda because it's not going to get them voted in as an MP. And, and, and really, I think what, what governments are very good at doing in terms of this is just paying it lip service but as you say with the but without actually necessarily um um achieving it or even even having a measure that we can hold against it and say whether 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 a difference is being made and and that that leads us on actually to the actual uh, the health index itself so explain that a bit more what the health index is uh, well this was an idea that came up in um the Chief Medical Officer's report of 2018, um, Chris Whitty's predecessor, Dame Sally Davis, and her colleague, a public health doctor, Jonathan Pearson Stuttard, who is obviously going to go far, uh, put together in that report an analysis looking at the Michael Marmot um, criteria and said, what can we do about this? And they proposed a composite health index, which was a measure incorporating not just healthcare information about how many hip replacements have been done, but crucially, and most importantly, including all the information on social factors, all the data. Um, And this can be updated um, and progress can be tracked um, to see how the country is doing in, in what is arguably the most valuable asset, which is the health of the people. Um, year on year, those in power could be shown, could see um, how we, all of us here were, were faring, how they were doing. Um, And they liken it to the gross domestic product, GDP, which is acted on. You know, if if GDP falls every, you know, um, it's remeasured every quarter, I think. And if it falls two quarters, then we're in in a recession. Um, And something like that is is very powerful. Um, But I think the quote which I don't have to hand from from Bobby Kennedy, who was saying that GDP measures everything except that which is important in our lives, which is about our children's health. And I, that sums it up. Yes, and, 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 <laughs> um, and happiness, yes. Yes, health and happiness. Um, so the Office of National Statistics has been working on how to incorporate all the information on education and education opportunities and uh, water, uh, safety of our water, an increasingly important problem, Mm. air quality, and increasingly we know that Mm. poor air quality kills, Um, education opportunities, all the rest of it, transport, can people get to work? Uh, And it's a mega job, can you imagine? amalgamating all this into one index um, to provide something that is meaningful and helpful um, and hopefully being broken down so that um, people who uh, want to use it on a practical basis, for instance, um, local councils um, can 
can look at it and use it in their use it in their planning. So it's a huge thing. Uh, but if 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 it works and if it's ex- accepted by enough people, and if the government, you know, if it's forced in the government's face, if they're turning the other way, um, then it could be it could change things and and help with the upstream causes of ill health i i guess i guess therein lies then another rub really doesn't it we talk about gdp which i imagine is probably almost calculable i I don't know this but but something like the stock market which is which is measured in nanoseconds isn't it in terms of trades going on and and i Mm. imagine ultimately the gdp i'm guessing is some sort of big massive excel spreadsheet which just which you which gets updated daily and therefore you can see exactly how you're going day on day but something like um, um, measuring health outcomes versus uh, inputs like social change and public transport. It's going to be almost glacial, the, the, the change and the measurement and, and making um, causative links between, between, one, between an input such as improved housing or, or improved health improved um, atmosphere and pollution then down the line how that then has a, an impact on respiratory deaths some 20 well some cases 10 some cases you know 60 70 years later um so i imagine there's going to be uh i, I can see almost why governments have just skipped over this because actually it's it's not an urgent important thing that they need to be doing they probably know it needs to happen but but you know we could just leave it another five years i guess because things change so slowly but having said that i imagine there must be an awful lot of data that we can sort of put into the into the program retrospectively because we we know about changes in transport and um uh, atmospheric carbon dioxide etc etc for the for, for decades in the past and, and surely there must be, it's just a case of now putting in that data and and, and uh, seeing what the linkage is and coming out with this health index we should be able to do that retrospectively is what i'm saying do, do, is that is that a thing is that possible well i i, I think you have to start small with um Take air quality. Um, the London low emission zone. Um, there is they're, they're coming up. That's not been. It's been around about ten years, I think, yeah, and yeah, it's been right. extended. There is evidence about um, of respiratory improvement in respiratory health. Um, you just have to look at small small things and say, okay, look, this works. Why aren't we doing it nationwide? Why aren't we putting more welly into it? Um, and and I looked at countries that have uh, introduced future, future like the name varies from um, future planning. And, and most of them, quite a lot of them, surprising countries have had future planning uh, uh, committees, but some of them have been emasculated because they reflected badly on the government. Others have mm. uh, have been uh, um, just closed down because oh, that's an expensive. We can do without that. It's 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 window dressing, and David Cameron is is guilty of that. Um, and some of them uh, nobody knows about. Uh, Finland's isn't bad, but I spoke to two politically aware Finnish friends 
What's that? Didn't know about it. But one nation, interestingly, Wales, has a very dynamic woman as their futures commissioner. Now, she's not trying to change Wales overnight, but she looks at planning applications and things like that and considers whether they actually um, protect green spaces, uh, whether they include proper transport transport provisions, um, about all these issues. And she has actually managed to um, change some planning um, uh, decisions to reflect a better um, long-term future for the people in that area. So it can be done, but you need somebody who is a real bureaucracy buster and who is prepared to stand up and bang the drum. And Wales, it seems, is lucky in having somebody. But so I'm it can not- be done, but it's how, um, it's it's probably, you know, how do you eat an elephant bit by bit? <laughs> uh, but if you have an idea of what the elephant looks like um, with your... Um, health index, then you can, you, you, you've got a weapon, you've got a, an overall goal and you say, okay, we can't do that overnight, but we can do this. Well, I was, go- I was going to say, it, it, it sounds like uh, Wales are, are, are making some, some great changes, although without a health index, without a measure... I guess a is that it, I guess they're kind of a, a bit blind, doing this a bit in the dark. I mean, they're probably using their intuition and and other other factors, but having that measure in place, which 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 we can compare to other countries and use in a longitudinal way and compare one one year to the next, would be really really handy and uh, would then help us. So if, if Wales are indeed ahead of the curve on on these changes in terms of improving the health of their nation by using these measures it would be wonderful if they could actually measure them in a way that we can then use uh over here in the the east east of the uh east of offers dyke and um and uh, and make those changes yes yes i mean they have an obligation to protect future generations it's enshrined in law um but not only do they have it enshrined in law but they have a structure and a very dynamic commissioner who ensures that they are doing that they are starting on actually um, making that law happen uh, they sound more determined to do it by the sounds of it yes I was I mean I admit I was surprised uh, but uh, but I also I spoke to uh, a Welsh friend and, and she said yeah it's it's real this woman is a force to be reckoned with, and I'd say so. Whereas, you know, our, our, the government in Westminster at the beginning of this parliament, Boris Johnson said, we're going to solve social care once and for all. Now, admittedly, something has got in the way, but is social care mentioned? No. Uh, and it won't be mentioned at the next election, whenever that is. It's, it's, it's you know, the can will be kicked down the road yet again. It's almost too inconvenient. Yes, it's too difficult. Yes, all these, none of these things are easy. You can easily, you know, you can take some money from the magic money tree um, and announce before an election that you've got six shovel ready hospitals and this, that, and the other, and we're going to pay the nurses this much more. And it sounds big numbers, but if you 
add it up, um, say money for nurses, it's one more cup of coffee a week. Um, Shovel-ready hospitals, A, they're not, and B, a lot of the money in these promises has already been promised. Um, So it's not new money, but it sounds good. They get away with it. But also hospitals are sticking plasters. Uh, in, yes, in, you know, to, yeah, to, I'm not talking about little hospitals, but, but they, they, we want to stop people getting into hospitals. We want to stop people needing to see their GP mm. and by, by investing in social care, education, uh, housing, transport, employment opportunities, all these will reduce mm. that. We know that. And so it's, it's, so this is very welcome from the Office of National Statistics mm. to, to get this index toolkit that they're building. Um, up and working and we can all start benefiting from it. Yes, and, and I've heard a couple of talks by and interviews by Sally Davis uh, and she makes a very good case, but it hasn't got the publicity that I think it should have and that's another problem. Yeah. It's giving the publicity to things which aren't, you know, you can't stick on a badge. Yes, yes. How to put it in a way that the public will get behind it. Yes. Really, really want, want. And I, th- I think it's up to, I, I think GPs have a big role in this. And I think social prescribing is one element. This is saying not all our ills are solvable with a pill. Um, and I wrote about social pr- prescribing probably a year before last, mm. I think. Mm. Um, and, and that is catching on because the people who have the hand power in their hands which is general practitioners are saying hey this this is good this works it works for us as well as our patients it's a win-win um but it so i i think there is a huge role for looking taking an easy bit to analyze whether it be uh, air pollution on the Marylebone Road and the health of people around those uh, around the road, or uh, planning planning applications without uh, that ignore green green spaces, or uh, <laughs> um, social prescribing and saying this works. Here's the evidence. Um, it needs a while, but we can build on that. You've, got to have something to build on and hopefully if we have this index that we can all see all of us can see um, and feed into uh, then that they are they are I don't know not points on a dartboard <laughs> they 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 are ticks well, you, Little the, ticks, that, and you can build them up. That's probably the answer, then, isn't it? Because if, if we can all see it, that means other nations can see it, and then our national pride will be on the table. So that actually is something that we do know compels people to make a difference. If it's if it's about us winning a game or or scoring or something, um, yeah, to to, to uh, have it almost as, as an international competition. That 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 could be the way. That could be a way. Certainly, Julie. Thank you so much again for joining me uh, on this on this podcast and for talking through your article which is uh, in on the NESGP magazine and on the NESGP website so uh, Judith wonderful to talk to you again and look forward to talking to you again next time indeed same uh, same here
Uh, have a have a good afternoon in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Judith. Bye bye. Okay. Cheerio.